Margot Robbie so upset, isn't she, that she's not getting an Oscar? It is Niall Boylan, by the way. It is the podcast. Each and every day with you from 12 to well after 1 o'clock at some point. I see Ryan Gosling is defending Margot Robbie and the director of the Barbie movie because a woman didn't get an award. Oh, hell on earth. I was slept, I had sleepless nights over it last night. Maybe they didn't nominate her for the award, the award or nominate the director because the film is shite. Maybe that's the reason why. I'm even surprised that Ryan Gosling got a nomination in it. He's even surprised, to be honest with you. And there we see the urinal.ie are running a poll saying, you know, is it unfair that she wasn't awarded? I mean, why is it we have to question when a woman doesn't get nominated for an Oscar? Because it's a kind of woman-y film. I mean, why? They don't have to give it an Oscar. It's a shit film. Has anyone ever watched the Barbie movie? I was... Told by my stepdaughter, oh, you have to watch it. It's great, it's great, it's great. So we sat down, myself and my wife said, Ash, we'll put it on one night. I've never come across such a pile of shite in all my life. We watched a half an hour of it and I was losing the will to live. It's the, all it is is an hour and a half of virtue signaling. It's the most obnoxious, horrendous, dreadful movie ever made. I mean, Margot Robbie is a great actress. She's been in wonderful movies and she deserves Oscars for many of them, but certainly not that one. Anyway, Leo Varadkar has also instructed his foot soldiers, I mean his TDs and his members of Fine Gael, to um, stop with the anti-immigration rhetoric and the disinformation. It's quite ironic, isn't it, when a politician is telling other politicians not to be lying, because of course the definition of disinformation is lying, and he's telling his other politicians not to be lying. Is that not what politicians do in the first place? They want to bring in laws against disinformation. The very people who are guilty of the most amount of lies, which are the government, and we know politicians lie all the time, want to basically bring in a law to stop the rest of us from lying. We'll get around to talking about that during the week in a lot more detail. We are going to be talking about the hate speech laws next week um, because, of course, Elon Musk will said he will fund any legal challenge. According to Grip Media, he will fund any grip or any grip, any legal challenge to challenge Ireland's hate speech laws. So we've now got the richest man in the world who has more money than Ireland now suggesting that he will challenge the Irish government legally in court. That has to be worrying for the government. I think the bill will be binned. Anyway, to say, today we decided to keep it kind of a little bit lighter. Don't forget, by the way, keep supporting our website. Support what we do every day. We did a great interview yesterday with Lewis um, Taylor, and he was on with us yesterday talking. You may have watched that Netflix documentary, The Psychopath Life Coach. What a wonderful, inspiring guy. A story of going to jail, being a complete and utter toe rag, and then turning your life around and having a business worth 25 million. It's a very interesting interview. It's on our website. It's not streaming now, but it's on our website if you want to go and watch it or listen to it. You can listen to it on all the usual platforms, www.nileboylan.com. Uh, Lewis Raymond Taylor, it's on the website as we speak. Please support us by donating or you can subscribe as well where you can watch all of, pardon me, all of the previous videos. It's five ninety nine a month. And for that, basically, you're buying the three of us who work on the show every day a pint of beer. That's what you're doing. Or if you want to donate and do a one-off payment of five euro or a million, I don't care. Whatever it happens to be. But please do support us so we can continue to bring you some social issues like today or news issues that we do on a regular basis and stories that the mainstream media just will not touch with a barge pole. And we let you have your opinions uncensored. So please do support us. Thank you. Now, today's is a social issue. And it's an email, a message that we got in from somebody, which is here. I'm going to read it out to you very quickly. Bear with me. Morris, be with you in a second. Hi, Nal. Me and the missus ain't on speaking terms because she's acting all high and mighty and can't see it. We got two little ones 
and she's a stay-at-home mum. Long story short, we're renting in Port Marnock, where her mum lived, but sadly she passed away. Now our landlord is selling up, and we've got to find a new spot in four months. We're looking to buy this time, and the plan was always to head back and move back to where I was raised in Finglas. Last week, we checked out two houses in Finglas, and I, I, I could tell it was a no-go from the get-go. Uh, she had her mind made up before we even left the driveway. We've talked about this move for ages, and she's never had an issue before. On the way to my mother's place, she wouldn't even b uh, bother looking beyond the front of the houses and acted like she was repulsed in some way. I told her my mum lives here, and this is where I was raised. That set off a massive argument in the car. And she said I'd rather die than live here or raise my kids in this area. She even said it's like living in a war zone and start nitpicking about vans in front gardens and teenagers hanging around corners. I said it's just local kids having fun, but she called them scumbags. She even talked about the fact that young four-year-olds are walking around like homeless children. I said that's what happens in communities like this. Other people look out for everybody's kids. We went to my mother's for dinner and she was seething in the corner. When we got home and put the kids to bed, the big fight went down. I called her out for being a snob and she defended herself saying she had standards, standards and doesn't want our kids growing up with future Mountjoy inmates. She even laughed like a maniac and said um, she ain't leaving to live in some kippy working class council area. Now she's talking about staying in the same area or maybe Malahide, but it's way out of her budget. I really wanted to raise my kids in a decent community, not a place where everyone's looking down at each other. We haven't really talked at all this week, and honestly, I'm seeing a different side of her that I never knew existed. She's a complete and utter snob, and I can't even talk to my friends or family about it because they'll flip and they'll think differently of her. We got four months now, and I can see a divorce looming if I don't agree to her demands. It's tearing me apart because my mum and sisters were so excited about us moving to Finglas and closer to them because they get to see the kids more. I'm in a real bind, and I don't know what to do, mate. Cheers. There you go. He's in a real bind. She would rather... Look at some of the quotes. She would rather die than live in Finglas. She doesn't want her kids being raised where the other kids look like their future Mountjoy inmates. She sees vans and gardens. She said it's like a war zone. Um, and basically, she doesn't want to live in a council estate. Is she being a snob? Or is he being a little bit unreasonable? Because that's not what she's used to. She was obviously raised in Port Marnock. Now, for those who don't know, Port Marnock would be a middle to upper class area. Like Malahide would be upper class. Uh, Finglas, of course, is a working class area. But let me know what you think. The number is 85 are you being a complete and utter snob if you're unwilling to live and settle in a working class area of Dublin? Let me know what you think. 085 100 Let me go to Morris. Morris, who's a good working class man. How are you, Noel? Born and reared in Body Farmer. There you go. Us, but not one, of us went, not one of us went back to live there. Sorry you can't years. recreate your childhood. You can't recreate your childhood. Mm. And I think that's what he's trying to do. You know, but... The way you've explained about his wife and her attitude, she's coming across in the, in the message she sent you as if she married beneath her, as if he's not good enough for her. Mm. Yeah, but That's it doesn't, seem, but it doesn't seem to have... He doesn't mention anything in the past, and it doesn't seem to have raised its head in the past. It's only now yeah. that, they want, that he wants to move to Finglas. Now, I can see why. Maybe... It's access to his mother for minding the kids and stuff like that. I mean, maybe, maybe that's to do with it too, you know. So I can yeah. see why he might want to do it. Well, I can understand. Like I always thought, maybe Valley Farm when I was growing up would be a great place to raise a family. Like areas change, 
Bally Farm was riddled with drugs. Fingless is riddled with drugs. Blanchestown is riddled with drugs. You have gangs killing each other all over the place in these areas. There is decent people there, but they're living in a war zone. So you agree? Uh, so you're agreeing with her? You're saying that's what she said. It's like a war zone. I, I know where she's coming from. Oh, I'll give her a tip. Go down and look at the houses in Fingless, down near the Autobahn pub on Glasnevin Avenue. That leads into Ballymun. Beautiful houses down there. Mm. If she doesn't want to live with Oh, I know the area. Just up past Whitehall there, yeah. There you go. Yeah, exactly. It's a nice area. Yeah, but it's not really Ballymun. I mean, I know people say, but it's not really Ballymun, is it? It is Glasnevin and Whitehall. Yeah, yeah, but I, you know, I think I think I was, now I don't know where in Finglas he's moving to. He's obviously talking Finglas West. Here. Yeah, yeah. Oh, very much so. Up around, up, up, up past the village, probably up, uh, yeah. up yeah. that way, you know. Yeah, and Glenties. But um, yeah, she put it on that finger, and like it is a big shock to move from say Port Marnock to uh, the Finglas. No, I'm just wondering what she meant to sell the fingers in the first place. Now, in fairness to... Oh, there's a lot of wind wherever you are, Morris. It's obviously a very windy day out there, is it? Uh, where, wherever she's from, realistically, wherever she was raised, which I assume was Port Marnock because I said her mother lived in Port Marnock, it is a big culture shock to move from, say, you know, middle to upper class area to move to working class area. But I can understand, you know, without putting pressure on him, that's all he can afford. I mean, he said he couldn't afford... And, and I mean, a house in Port Marnock or Malahide would be, you know, I don't know, 30% dearer than the House of Vegas. Big money. Yeah. Well, I know in uh, a relation to my wife's nephew on, on the married side, he paid 460 for a house in Dublin 15. Right. So you can imagine what Port Marnock and Malahide cost you, probably be, 7, 740. You'd be lucky to get a three-bed semi-detached in Malahide for less than 800,000. There you go. So you're nearly up in the million. Mm? And she feels as if she's moving. Like, well, that's a bit rash, isn't it? It'd be hard yeah. uh, having two kids to go and say, I'd rather die than live in Finglas. Yeah. I think she feels as if she married beneath her now, to be honest with you, and her mother is dead. Is she a snob? I'm just thinking that her mother not any money. Is she yeah, a snob? She's coming across that way, yeah. Right, okay. Yeah. Your, your, son, your, son, your son is good enough for me to marry and have children with, but I'd be fucking damned if I'd live near you and all the rest of your family. This is a kip of an area, so, yeah. you know, you can pick your, your area, but you can't pick your neighbours. Yeah. I'm looking here, yeah, I've just been told my ear, a one-bedroom apartment in Malahide, for example, is 460000 for a one-bed apartment. Wow. Yeah. And so there's four of them. <laughs> they're not going to live in the one-bed apartment. A lot of money. Yeah, so they're going to be, but I mean, look, minimum they're going to need is, you know, a three-bed a three bed semi-detached. So three-bed semi-detached where she wants to live is going to be somewhere between 500 and a million. You know what I mean? Didn't you say? Didn't you say a while ago on a show? I remember you talking about it that there was an area near Malahide, and they call it Talahide because it's not in Malahide or it's near it. Are you talking about? Do Claire, you remember that? I think it's Clare Hall, is it? Clare Hall. Yeah. Yeah. They call it Talahide. Yeah, exactly. There's <laughs> lovely houses in around there. Well, see, well. here's the story of Clare Hall. Clare Hall used to be called the address mm. used to be Clare Hall Malahide or no Clare Hall Darndale because it's right across the road. It's beside Tesco's, right across the road from Darndale, right? And they, yeah, the locals exactly. in the area got together and, you know, they went to Dublin City Council and said, we want the address changed, the post address, to Clare Hall, Malahide Road. <laughs> now it's, it makes a big a big difference on your house price, yeah. Oh, it does, yeah, but it's about, it's about seven miles or six miles from Malahide, you know what I mean? Anyway, Morris, I know you've got to get <laughs> yeah. back to work there. Thanks very much indeed. Salt of the air from Bally, Bally Farm. Uh, let me go to uh, Joseph. Joseph, hi, how are you? No, thank you for having me on again. Yeah, you're welcome. You're welcome. Sorry, Morris's line was a bit uh, windy there, wherever he was working at the moment. But I mean, what what do you think? Is she being a complete snob? 
I mean, there's a bit of both in there, right? As, as most problems are, no one is, is all 100% right. Um, everyone wants to, to, you know, have their kids grow up safe and, and you know, in a nice area and somewhere they, they're not scared all the time. So, yeah, she's kind of right to say, look, if there's, there's crime around the place, if there's the chance my, my kids will get involved in drugs and gangs, that's a decent concern for any parent. Um, the husband here seems to have the idea that he's going to recreate his own childhood. And yeah. a childhood in, in you know, um, where's it, Finglas in the yeah. 80s is probably very different to how it is now. It's a completely different area, and he's not going to have that. Now, yeah, he doesn't want to be near family. He probably has family there. Yeah. That's important as well. Um, well, I think, I think the key here is he, her, her mother died, and his mother and yeah. sisters live in Finglas, and his thinking is probably, you know, to help mind the children or babysit or whatever. That's, yeah. that's a good thing, you know? No, that's huge. That's yeah. huge. So... Really, I mean, Singles is a large area, right? And mm. there are, like, everywhere. Like, it doesn't matter. Even in, you could find a bad area in Donnybrook or whatever. Yeah. <laughs> Probably bad is relative there. But, I mean, there's good areas as well. And these areas, they'll only become good by having good people in them. You know, if everyone leaves and what's left is the dregs of society, the absolute worst, and, and you know, they have run of the place and every other house is abandoned, it's just going to be, a, you know, it's never going to recover. It's never going to be anything. So, yeah, good people do have to move in to, you know, not great work areas. Class areas. And work in yeah. areas. Yeah, work in their community, be part of parents' councils, be part of neighbourhood watches, be part of all this to improve it. So, I mean, yeah, both sides of the argument have their rights and their wrongs. Is she being a snob? Um, in, in the things she's saying, like, I'd rather die than live here. <laughs> the kids look like they're all future inmates of Mountjoy. Um, she was given out about the amount of vans that are in the gardens. Yes, you might not be wrong there. But again, like a specific house they're looking at, I don't know where they were. There's a lot of houses I looked at when I was getting my house. And Jesus Christ, I wouldn't go near them again. I'm, I'm, I'm shocked. I even they, The estate agents do a great job at making you think this horrible little hovel of a house in a bad area is, is you know, a great opportunity. Yeah. But as soon as you see the area, you're like, no, no, it's not happening. And yeah, yeah you have to look at, you know, keep looking, keep looking, keep looking expand where you're willing to be. Yeah, I but mean, you've got a budget too. I mean, you know, there's yeah, a budget oh yeah, involved yeah. here too. I mean, they're living in Port Marnock now, rent where they're renting in Port Marnock, uh, near where her mother used to live before she died. And, yeah. you know, Port Marnock is kind of middle to upper class. You know what I mean? Yeah, oh no, Port Marnock's a nice area, yeah. generally. Um, so, I mean, look, here's the thing. It really does depend on they're going for their first house. I, I think, I assume they're a young couple in their well, uh, well, yeah, well, well, probably because the two kids are only, what did you say, three and seven or something like that, or I don't know. Yeah. Oh, no, 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 I didn't just say they were young house. kids. Young kids, he said. Yeah. They, if they can get that house and, and they're in there for, let's say, another five to seven years, realistically, and then they may have another kid or maybe the two kids growing up, they need a bit more room and they're looking to move out again. And so you're kind of trading up house and then at that stage, they'll get a house for, you know, 20 years. That's where they want to be. So if they're only in there for seven years, it's not that bad, I guess. And it depends on the specific house. It depends on the neighbours. It depends on... The one thing I did, and I would advise anyone to do, if you're looking at a house, go knock on all the neighbours. On, 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 if you have a house you're looking at, see all the neighbours, knock on the door, say, hey, I'm thinking about that house. Tell me everything I need to know about the area. And, you know, they'll give you, honest to God, truth look, there was this, there was this going on, there hasn't been a problem, you, or there's a bit of noise from the road, and that's the thing. Is it a bit weird to be knocking on complete strangers' houses and saying, what's your area like? No. 
Is it? No, geez. I mean, I, back in the day, people used to knock on the other's house and say, hey, have you got some sugar? Or, you know, <laughs> I'm off. <laughs> Whatever. I mean, we, we've lost that sense of community. And again... The funniest one I ever had, actually, was a neighbor's kid knocked on my door years ago, right? And knocked on... So yeah. I went down and went, yeah, you all right? And he goes, yeah. My mom wants to know, can she have a loan of an egg? <laughs> The loan of an egg. It's just like an egg. Beautiful, isn't it? Yeah, a loan oh, yeah, of an yeah. egg. She's going to give it back to me. Is she? <laughs> but no, that's a beautiful thing. We have to build community again. Most people don't know their neighbours. So, like I said, I did this. I knocked around to all of my neighbours now when I'm living in my house. And I said, hey, tell me about the area. We're hoping to move in. This is me and my family, da, da, da. And now we're good friends with them. Like, now we know everyone and we call them around and we have this sort of thing. But if we didn't do that, I mean, it doesn't seem like there is that spirit of, of you know, starting a conversation with the neighbour. There's a lot of people who, you know, they see their neighbours in the driveway say, oh, how are you doing? And that's the total of their conversation. And they know nothing about them. Yeah, that, that happens quite a lot. Stay there, actually, Joseph, if you can for a second. Let me go to Sersha as well. Sersha, hi, how are you? Hello, Niall, how are you? Hi, you, Sersha. How was things? Good, good. Um, good, thank you. Well, I mean, the, the email, does she, is she coming across like a snob? A little bit of a snob. I mean, I understand she doesn't want to live in Finglas. I get that. But, you know, the, the things she said about it, that the kids look like future inmates of Mountjoy and all this kind of stuff, it's a bit much, isn't it? You know, Niall, I called in because, for once, I agreed with something that you said at the start of the show. You you talked about the Barbie movie. Oh, and okay. you said that, you know, it, why are we kind of pandering to this idea um, and it was virtue signaling. And I thought, that's correct. It wasn't a good movie. It doesn't deserve it. Say it like it is. And now I hear this topic and I just hear people kind of delicately circling around what is the truth, which is it is dangerous to bring up children in those areas. End of story. There's no two sides, one way to look at it. You know, it's nobody in their right mind, given the choice, would bring up a child in that area. And that's it. That's the bottom line. So you wouldn't? Nobody would. The people... Well, it's obviously someone. Excuse me. The people in Singlis would leave if they could. Okay? I don't think that's, so. That's, that's all. Clearly this woman's not from Singlis. <laughs> no, clearly excuse not. Excuse me? I think so. I think if people were honest, I don't think anybody's moving out of Dorky, okay? I think everybody, given half the chance, anybody who does well out of those areas, they don't go back. That's what your first caller said. And this kind of delicate, you know, let's, let's be respectful. It's nonsense. Let's just look at the facts and the figures and the... Let's, like, let's deal in reality, okay? Because children are involved. This kind of make-believe conversation with adults around what's nice. This is your day-to-day. This is your school for your child. Oh, look, do 100 in these areas okay. go to jail. Excuse me? Do, do 100% of kids in these areas go to jail? Are none of them successful? I, Not a single one. Okay, well, what's your name? His name is Joseph. Sorry, Joseph. Okay, Joseph, so... I, didn't, I never said 100% of children go to jail, but I can guarantee you a higher percentage of children go to jail. Therefore, your, yeah. your, your chance of your child becoming friends with somebody who knows someone or may themselves go to jail is higher. 
let me ask you this, Joseph. Given the choice, yes. would you have health insurance for your child or would you not? What's your choice? Well, I mean, it depends on the cost, depends what's covered, depends if my child is given, healthy. At the moment, my children option, actually don't given, have health insurance. Given, given the option, given the option, if it's feasible, I'll just say yeah. at the time, you'd have health insurance, okay? Because we all know no, it's better. We all know it's better to live in more expensive areas. Schools are better. The quality of the people are better. Yeah. And the, qua- the better. quality of the cocaine go down there is better too. Oh. <laughs> I mean, there's, look, you can get involved in some really terrible things in good areas. I mean, don't I mean, say you can't. Very, and when you say better, foolish. that's a it's, very subjective it's, term. It's, it's very foolish on your part to bring up drugs in this conversation because I think you're on the losing side, okay? No, 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 no. It's Lance who are we're caught with their, their joint and their whatever. Talking, like, yes, and cocaine is rampant okay. in the most affluent areas. Some of the worst drugs yes. are more affl- more prominent in the affluent areas. Yes, there's lots okay, who have Joseph. joints and cannabis. I, when I think of people who died from cocaine overdoses or taking too much cocaine search, the first two names that come into my head are Jerry Ryan and Katie French. They weren't from, from Fingless. Can, can, okay, oh, yeah. can, I just, can I just pause and again be the person who brings us back to reality, okay? So, reality, your version of reality. There, unless, I'm, unless I'm unaware of a, a place, nowhere exists without drugs, okay? Certainly... I would rather the drug situation in higher class areas than that of lower class areas when you see people on the street strung out. Now, I am very socially minded, okay? And I have very socially minded ideas about this. But when you bring a child into this world and you have a choice between a safer or a more dangerous reality, you are irresponsible. If you, because yeah. of some romantic notion tied to some infantile idea of giving eggs to neighbours. <laughs> <laughs> you'll never get one of my eggs now. Well, actually, do me a favour, both of you, because I want, I want to come to the right. Saoirse, please, giving eggs to neighbours. Please stay with me if you can, Saoirse. Stay with me for a second. The Nile Boylan Podcast. If you want to complain to the boss... Justin, <laughs> wait, hold on. Niall is his own boss, so sorry. Listen live on Facebook, YouTube, and all the usual live stream services. The Niall Boylan Podcast. All right, let me just go to Lorraine as well if I can. Lorraine, hi, how are you? Hi, Niall, how are you? Good. I mean, you've heard the email. She's described Fingless as a war zone. She said she'd rather die than live not. there. And she also said the kids look like their future inmates of Mountjoy. She's a complete and utter snob. I am from Lucan, born and bred in Lucan in a private estate. I moved out of Lucan 13 years ago and I moved down the country. I am now living in a council estate with my three kids, Saoirse, rearing my three kids in a council estate. They are happy. They are healthy. They have health security. Don't start on the other end and say that all council estates are bad and this, that and underprivileged areas are bad. My kids are happy, perfect, doing brilliant in school. I chose to live in a council estate and I would never leave it for love, nor money. Okay, exception. How is, well, you're the one painting every, all the council estates and underworking privileged areas with the same brush. We have a brilliant community where I am. We all sit out and have tea and coffee. I know all my neighbours. Where do you sit out and we have tea or coffee in front of the house? Yeah, uh, we, all, like I, we all have walls. We, I know all my neighbours. 
we have a cultural a cultural day once a year in our estate where we get bouncy castles DJs. We have everybody out to get to know everybody. Not every council okay, has and every under. What what percentage of the the previous residents of those estates have gone on to university? I would say about oh fifty sixty percent of them. I could say the I same for Lincoln, where I'm from. I could I say, would the exact say it's same lower. Okay, can I once again just deal in reality? The world is going to become that more... That is my reality. Okay, well, can I speak? Go yeah. ahead, go ahead. The inequality, the inequality in this world is going to become even more pronounced. Children without high-paying jobs in the future will be at a severe disadvantage. And, you, well, and everyone in a council house has not, hasn't got paying jobs. They're starting off on the back foot, and that's the, that's the truth. Let's be real. Are they starting off on the back front? How, how are my kids starting off on the back front because they're from a council estate and their address doesn't say Port Marnock? I think we'd have to look at some statistics here, okay? I know Don't it's not nice them. to hear. What? It's not nice to hear. I chose to live in a council estate. I am from a private well, estate I, I, in Lucas, I, I, and I would have been called posh, and that's what my estate was. I chose to live in a council estate. My kids have what, can, I, can, I, can, I, can I ask why you chose a council estate? Because, uh, because my kids have house security. I went down for community. The estate I live in, I was told not to move into it. It was horrible at the council estate. My estate is nothing like that. We have a great community here. As I said, once a year we get everybody together in the estate. I know all my neighbours' names. We will sit and have a cup of tea and a smoke on the walls. You cannot sit there and tell me my kids are at a disadvantage because their address you is a council address and it doesn't say Port Marnock or Docky on it. You, you smoke in front of the children? No I, no, I don't smoke in front of my kids. But I will sit outside on the wall when they're in school and I will talk to my neighbours once my house is clean. I think well, you I think we obsessing over the address is is not the point. The point is all that goes with it, and it's the culture it? of of the lack of ambition. I mean, am I am I am I crazy here? You are crazy because my seven-year-old. Oh my God, you're doing my head in because my, you're standing there saying kids from council estates don't have ambition and don't have anything. My seven-year-old wants to be a teacher, and she has also has has, has brilliant. She has been in school, she is in the top 5% in Ireland. And, and Lorraine, uh, I'm not disagreeing with that, but, she, but Saoirse is making the point that she's an exception. Lorraine, okay, I'm not agreeing with Saoirse completely, right? But you have to admit, and I'm not having a go at you, by the way, personally, but you have to admit that statistically, statistically, there's more antisocial behaviour, there's more criminality. If you go into, you know, Mountjoy Prison, for example, and look at the addresses of people, they do come the vast majority from working class estates. That's just statistically true. That is statistically true. Yeah, I'll agree. I totally agree with you. Well, that isn't, isn't that, that the point is she's made with them? Why she? Her argument is with them. Why would you want to? If you have a choice, why would you want to put your kids in a situation where that becomes a possibility or reality? That's the point she's making, I suppose. Because my kids have house security. They're never. This is their house. They're never well, going to be homeless. Is this the They're only? Never, is this? Was this the only there's a great kind of school. way in your no, mind there, there, to, no, to have a brilliant, house security? No. Is there no other no, way there people a, achieve that? No, the, not just security. There's a brilliant school up by our, in our town. There's an absolutely brilliant school. 
My kids have benefited. And you said you're down, but you're down in the country, right? Yeah. Okay, so I don't think I'm that's down, as I'm relevant down really in Finglas. I would imagine... How is that not relevant? It's the same thing as a council estate. What I live in is a council estate, and I had the reputation of being I'll horrible. Say, I'll, say, and I was... I'll say something else. I'll say something else. Being a teacher in 20 years' time, or in 15 years' time, I don't think that's going to pay the bills. It's not the heyday it was. Having a civil service jo- servant job like that, I mean... Okay, we, well, we let, well, let's not get into people's occupations or choices and occupations. But, Saoirse, if you had no option... Now, I don't know. You sound to me like you come from... Well hang, well, hang on. You sound like you come from a good area, Saoirse. I don't know. Maybe you don't. Maybe you live in Darndale or something. I couldn't tell. But anyway, you sound like you were born with a silver spoon in your mouth. But so would you, if you had no other option and somebody said to you, well, look, I have a house here in Finglas or Darndale or Ballymun or Ballyfermot, would you move there? Can I have to finish my point if you don't mind? Okay. People need to be honest with people. Okay. And if, if you're encouraging a child to become a teacher in this day and age, knowing what's coming down the line with regards to inequality, it's, that's madness, number one. And to answer your question... I would do everything in my power to ensure where I lived had the best facilities and opportunities possible for my child. And I'll tell you why, Niall. I was born with a silver spoon in my mouth, or whatever you want to call it. And everybody who was born with that spoon knows what I'm talking about. And they are lying to you if they say otherwise. It is an advantage. I have had an advantage my entire life. I do not worry about retirement. Okay? And well, the rest and that's of us the do. Truth. Yeah, well, you well, should try harder so your children don't. Because this is night and day. The difference. Excuse me, I should try harder because my kids don't. I do the best I at everything so. for my kids. You, but you chose. You chose yeah, the chose. path of least I'm, resistance. How is that the path of least resistance? Have you seen the housing market in Ireland today? Have you? People I don't are, have mommy and daddy behind. I don't have mommy and daddy. Hold on, let me make a point, sir. I don't have mommy and daddy's money behind me to put me and my kids in a house. I don't have mommy and daddy's money to fall back on. I chose to give my kids house security. They're up beside it in a brilliant school, and I will never regret moving into a council estate. It is the best move I ever did. Unlike you, I do not have mammy and daddy sitting behind me right now, checkbook. When you live in the real world, Saoirse, and you have to work for everything you have, you can't fall back on mammy and daddy. Stay there. Well, actually, stay there both of you for a second. Just let me go to Sean. Stay there, please, Lorraine. Hang on, hang on, Saoirse. Hang on. Sean, hi. How are you? How are you doing, Noel? Um, Good afternoon. Great show, Noel. Um... You heard, well, you heard it, Saoirse. Saoirse sounds like the one in the email, to be honest with you. Sorry. But go on. Yeah. I do apologise, Saoirse. Um, not at all. Look, here's the thing, Noel. Mm. Um, I'm from, well, we were brought up in Singlish and um, not, nothing wrong with it, Noel. Um, you know, mother, father, working class. Um, but the thing about it is, Noel, I live down in Arklow and um, my kids are growing up nearly and um, I wouldn't like to move back there, Noel. And that's been outside with you and that's, that's, that's the truth. Why wouldn't you like to um, move back there? Because it's not what it was back 20 odd years ago, Noel. You know, well, no, it's, clear, it's, it's clearly changed. Well, everywhere changes because ah, clearly, the, well, a generation of people have gone. Yeah. <clears throat> yeah, clearly for the bad. Now, I heard what Joseph says. 
oh we see what the neighbours are like you know I wouldn't be knocking on fucking doors asking the neighbours I, now personally I, I agree with you I wouldn't be knocking on doors in West England people are saying no how are you and doing I think Joseph wants to get the grip with with, with the today and age like that is maybe all right to do it in a Look, don't get me wrong, uh, no, I like, I, I could like, knock into one of my neighbours and, you know, could ask them what, what the place is like because we bought the place. Um, and, you know, sure, I didn't need to because I, I knew where I was buying back then. But, but, is this, yeah. but is this wife and Saoirse being a little bit of a snob, you know, describing the area, saying things like, I'd rather die than live there or well, calling it a kippy council estate? Um, it is a kip. It is a kip. Let's be honest. It is a kip. And that's, that's the truth of it, you know. It's not, like, it's, it, it's not all a kip. There's a lot it's of good. All, there's a lot of nice people and nice places in Vinglas. Noel, there's a hundred percent. It's it's like that everywhere, Noel. There's, there's good and bad everywhere. But what Joseph says there that he needs people like um, that to move into the place to regenerate the place to make the place better. Fuck, would I be moving into anywhere like that and and to make it better? Because I know quite well I wouldn't be able to make it better. You know, uh, that's gone beyond better in some areas, and and, and that's so, just the way it is. You know. So yeah, yeah, as far as you're concerned, you wouldn't move into a council estate. No, I came from one, but I wouldn't be moving back to one. I wanted to get out of one for a reason and to make my life better, make my my partner's life better. Lorraine, Lorraine, he's kind of he's kind of agreeing with Sersha. He's just saying it differently. I don't get it. I wanted a better life for everybody. You know, as I said, you can't paint every council estate with the same brush. As I said, my council estate, we have a great sense of community. We um, once a year we have a party on the green for the kids. Oh, that's great. Fair play, kids. I heard you. I heard you the first time. But it's not (laughs) all like that. um, What's that? The girls down, Noel. Seriously, is it? Seriously, yeah. Um, I I have a a question. I have a question. Yeah. Sorry. Go on them. Yeah. Would you? Would you want your children? As adults to live in that council in a council estate. estate. Yeah. In the council estate I'm in now. Yeah. Yeah. A hundred percent. Okay, well then, I think what is the problem here is that we have different we have different values because this is why we're not understanding each other. Can I can I ask you an honest question, Lorraine? Uh, if you had um, you know, a lot of money, let's say you won the lottery tomorrow, right? And you, you I don't know, you're ten million. Would you move out of your council estate? No. I don't oh, think Lorraine Noyle. No. I don't think I don't think Lorraine Noyle would be saying the same thing if she lived in a shithole. Um, it's just that she got lucky. It's a nice area where she lives, and not all council houses are like that. And I'm sure Lorraine will agree with me with that. Well, um, she but she did say when she moved in there first, the place had a reputation. But she said she gets on great in it. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Well, if it had a have reputation, I wouldn't want to live with. You know, I'm being honest, Lorraine. It, it is where it is. And look, if you're you, if you're into that, and it's a nice place, fair play to you. Oh, but it's not really like that. No, it's no, it's not. And I totally agree. Not every council estate is like mine. Not every council estate yeah. has the same community spirit that we have. And I completely and understand. So, what well, I ask you then, Lorraine? Can I ask you this, Lorraine? And I'll ask you this: Would you move in Finglas tomorrow? Would you live in Finglas? Finglas West, let's say. Anything the bad areas anyway. Would I move the bad areas there? English? Yeah. Honestly? Probably yeah, not. Yeah, I want. Well, well then kinda of right you are kind of agreeing there. Finally. Finally yeah. someone yeah. is honest. Would you live in Darndale tomorrow, Lorraine? Honestly. Oh I would, I have friends in Darndale. I would move to there. I I I know some people up there. I some of it's lovely. Yes, Darndale I'd move to. I've got friends up there. 
So what, what, what I'm saying is, Noel, that girl, that original email, Noel, and, and, and that guy is from Finglas, that's all right for him, Noel. He has his family from there, and his, you know, and well, that girl doesn't like that area. You know, now, Noel and Fairness, the two kids together, he should listen to her, and they should go, um, and they should go equals on this, and move to an area. Well, look, I went outside of Dublin, Noel, because the houses were a lot cheaper back then. And yeah, were- well, it is, well, it's easier to get a nicer house in a nicer area if you're outside of the Vicidia, obviously. Uh, hang on, let me go to Lorenzo as well. Lorenzo, hi, how are you? Hi, Noel, how are things? I'm good. How are you doing, Lorenzo? I'm good, I'm good. Okay, is this girl being a snob? Is Saoirse being a snob? Well, I think that, I mean, if you don't, if you look at the availability of the house, uh, of the houses on the market and the price of the house on the market, if you don't have any other chance, you can't be picky. If you have a chance, then you have other chances. But then, well, then you're agreeing with, well, then you're agreeing with Saoirse, because you're basically saying it's the, it's, it's the only, if it's the only option and you don't have the money, well, then you don't really have a choice. But if you have the money exactly. or you have an opportunity, you should not move into a council estate. That's what you're saying to me. Well, I'm saying I, I don't know Finglas. I don't know. I don't know the, the different areas in Dublin because I don't live in Dublin, so I don't know the reality of that area. But well, yeah, but, but you do know what a council area is, Lorenzo. You know, a working class area. Yeah. Yeah, but I mean, if there is no other option, you can't be picky. If there are other options, then you can have a discussion on where or or not where you want to live. But if there is not other options. There is no other options. Is she is she being judgmental by you know calling it a kippy working class area? She'd rather die there. The kids look like they're all future inmates of Mount Joy. Well, if you want to see, I mean, if we are describing the the, the working class, let's say in brackets, it's still jobs that are needed for society. Like so, telling them, oh, those those creeps or those guys. Maybe a bit snobbish. I mean, maybe they were not lucky as you. Yeah, maybe, maybe actually, that could be a point. Actually, Sergeant, maybe they weren't as lucky as you. Maybe everybody isn't as lucky as you. Okay, Saoirse. I'm. I'm glad you brought that up because I wasn't able to respond to that point. So I was born with a silver spoon in my mouth. At least you admit it, anyway. Worked. I'm glad you admit yeah, it. By of way. course, I'm here. I'm Are you a snob? Do you, by the way, do you, do you accept? The, do you accept you're a bit of a snob? I, this is nonsense. This word snob. You don't. Why? I did not know you were so obsessed with nicety. I'm, I'm saying what you. everybody with money is thinking. Okay, and I am trying to be real here. To be honest, this continued protection over the council estate from people in it. You know, the sense of pride. All it does is it's laughable to people with money. Okay, you're not doing yourself any favor. Nobody with money, with access to good education, would be within seven feet of that place. And that's but, Lorraine, but Lorraine said even if she won the lottery, she wouldn't move out. She's lying to herself. I'm not lying. Okay? I'm can, not I, lying. can I finish? Can I please? Can I please? Oh, please go ahead, because I've got a great point for you next. I was born with a silver spoon in my mouth. You've said that five worked, times. We know that. I worked. I worked. And I was taught the skills of being an entrepreneur and a business person. And I was taught from a young age about pensions and investments. And I am self-sufficient, okay? They, they were the skills passed on. Yes, the money at the beginning made it easier. And I will not apologize for that. And frankly, just ludicrous 
to, to think that that's something that I need to explain. I'm being completely transparent. And I'm telling you, the people who have children in upper class areas make different decisions and better decisions for their children than the people in lower class areas. And I, I, Saoirse, I interviewed a man yesterday, uh, Raymond Lewis Taylor, who is a, was a scumbag when he was a kid. His parents didn't care, lived in a working class estate, ended up in jail three times, turned his life around, and now he's worth 25 million. Can I, can I respond to that in all seriousness, without you interrupting? He <laughs> is an exception to the rule. And those people are used as poster people to say you can do whatever, you can crawl out statistically. You, it is so difficult to do what he did. And it gives people a false sense of, of security. Oh, you can be born in the flats and you can do this. It is the equivalent, Niall, of you becoming Elon Musk. Okay, it is one in a million. Okay, no offense. No, can I I'm make sure a you're doing well, but you're not doing Elon Musk well. So why are you putting your child at such a disadvantage where they have to okay, try okay, so okay, hard. Okay, we get the point, Sir. Lorraine wants to please, say something please, there. Go please. on. I need to go to John and right. Peter as well. Peter's yeah. not happy with you, Sir. Can I just make a point? Yeah. Sir, can I just make a point? You said, like, fair enough, you don't have to explain you're from money. You were privileged. There's no need to explain it. I wasn't, but I still went to college. I have a, gr- I have a degree. I have, uh, yeah, I live in a council house. My partner has a fantastic job. He's a truck driver. Not everyone that comes from council estates doesn't do anything. Like, for you to sit there and say statistically... You're still, you're still, you're still within the same class. It's going to be, do you know how difficult it's going to be in, in years to come for people with less money? It is going to get worse and worse. And I'm that's, being honest your, with you. That's your opinion. I am doing, That's what she wants to be. My son wants to be, um, so say, a vet or something like that. They haven't got that. About, they won't no, get that. That's fine. That's fine. No, a vet is oh, fine. I'm glad you like the vet. Go, sorry, sorry, oh, Raven. Yeah, yes, but, but <laughs> you're saying that it's at, we're at a disadvantage because we're from a working class area. Sorry, I what I have my degree. I went to college. I'm a jeweler. That is my degree. So that's what, because I'm working class, that means nothing. Okay, well, do me a favour, please stay with me. And Lorraine, please stay with me. I want to come to Peter, Julie and John just straight after this break. Niall Boylan has been told to shut up from the time he was in school. And all through his life, they just keep telling him to shut up. But not anymore. Because now he has his own live podcast. The Niall Boylan Podcast. I'm intrigued, actually, the way Sersha said that people have to crawl out of those areas. Uh, yeah. start, well, okay, Sersha, stay there for a second. Lorraine, stay there with me. John, I'll be with you in a second. Peter, hi, how are you? Peter Julie from the Dublin Niall. Renters Union. Go ahead, Peter. Noel, good afternoon. How are you? Yeah, go ahead, Peter. Listen, Noel, I'm absolutely appalled, and it demonstrates one thing to me, the classism that's displayed in Irish society when you hear people demonising and making references like uh, where people mention like scumbags and all this sort of absolutely... In- inhumane language to mention people from working class areas. Working class people built this country. Working class people are the most people who are left behind constantly. In Ireland, the top 1% in Ireland have 35.4% of the wealth. Who creates that wealth? 
who builds the country? Who's the frontline workers? Who's the people that go out every day and do their best for their communities? People in working class areas. And why are they forgotten about? They're forgotten about because we have a government and a system in Ireland that benefits the rich, the wealthy, the powerful. And the surges. And the privileged people in society. The surges. Exactly. Yeah. Inter- intergenerational wealth. And that's the issue. You have these people pontificating and preaching to working class people to say, this isn't a good enough job for you. I was born with a silver spoon out. Good luck to her. But the problem is, redistribute your wealth properly and then we'd have a fairer society so people wouldn't live in overcrowded conditions. People wouldn't be on the streets. People wouldn't be struggling to uh, feed their children. People wouldn't be worried about education or worried about going to hospital and waiting for uh, 18, 24 hours on trolleys to get seen, to, to get proper dignified existence. This is the reality. This is the reality. That's not the reality that that the people who have intergenerational wealth and are preaching and pontificating to ordinary people about uh, their their circumstances created by a government that steps up and supports them at every turn. Do do, do you you think not only Saoirse but the girl in the email who said I'd rather die than live there it's like a war zone the kids in the area when she drove through said they look like their future inmates in Mount Joy all these kind of comments right Um, do you think she's being a snob? It's dehumanising, oil. It's dehumanising language towards people. They don't, they don't get behind. Okay. They, they don't get behind. They don't get behind the real issues of what's creating this. The real issues creating this. And you should be pointing the finger at your part. Your part. You probably. You probably vote for Leo Varadkar every election. And look at the. Look at the. Look at the. And he's, he's benefiting yourself because you're it's going, coming on the airwaves. Oh, okay. Well, okay. Oh, hang on. Hang on, Peter. Let her. Let her. Saoirse respond to what you just said. Okay. Saoirse, you're demonising. Hang on, Saoirse. To clarify, he said basically you and the person in the email are demonising working class people who built this country. Okay. Can I? I at no point did I use demonising language. No point. In fact, I I have not even commented on whether I believe the way the world is, the way society is, is fair and. I will take the opportunity to comment now. It isn't fair. It, there is gross inequity. However, I have the respect to be honest about it. That is all I am doing, Peter. And you know, and I know, I am correct. Talk to any sociologist about the reality of opportunities from people in different classes. Is it fair? Absolutely not. Is it real? Yes. And when you have your child, you have to deal in reality as it is, not in the fairy tale of what you would like it to be. And lastly, we know, hang on, hang on a second for a minute. Hang on a second. I'm just going to come in on this because what you're saying you, is disgusting remarks, a demonizing people. You, can I finish? Lastly, you have no idea about what I do to contribute to society. No idea. So you are insulting me on many No, levels. no, hold on. He does have an idea. You already said you were born with a silver spoon in your mouth. In other words, your parents passed on the wealth to you. You already said you got a good education. You already said you're an entrepreneur. So obviously you have your own business and you obviously make a substantial no But you've said all those things. I don't have to have an idea. You already said and it. And does any of that mean that I don't engage in philanthropy? How, how does that I don't know if you engage in philanthropy. Maybe you are a charitable person, Saoirse. I don't know. The point Peter's making is when you say use language like, you know, a fairy tale future or whatever it is that you're saying, you are demonizing people. No, the fairy tale future relates to the idea that we are all have equal opportunity. And unfortunately, and I agree it is not right, that is a fairy tale at the moment. And I think this nonsense of what you have come at me with is just 
You said it. Niall, she's had hours on the airwaves today to, to pontificate and preach down to people. And this is the sort of classism. I'm just displaying that. I'm, can I come in for a second? I'm, this is the classism that goes on in Ireland. And this is the reality of Ireland. Because the reality is, when you see people out in the streets and you're turning, you're turning around and saying to people, well, you know, working class areas, they're, uh, they're, why would anybody live in there? And good for them having a community day. And we look down our noses at them. Like, how dare you look down your nose at anybody? But it demonstrates one thing to me, and it demonstrates the most important thing. And the most important thing is we know who benefits the wealthy in Ireland. And we, everybody is up to it now in Ireland. A lot of people now are, make, are more awake to what's going on. All of our rights in Ireland that we achieved today were fought for through the struggles of ordinary working class people. Year on year, they stand up for their rights and quickly they're getting eroded by the top 1% in Irish society and the government political class. And people like Sir just support that on a regular basis. Yeah, power and money for themselves. Well, well, you're, well, you are supporting it by repeating the narrative and the rhetoric all the time. That's what happens. I am be I, okay, okay. Would you rather? Would you rather? I get on here like so many upper class people, and I deny the rea- reality and send my ch- child to a private school while saying, "Isn't it great that there's a community centre in Finglas?" Would, well, would you agree, Sarah, that the majority of people in Ireland are good, decent people? Would you agree with that? And, I, and the majority of people in Ireland, by the way, do come from council and working in class estates. Why are, this is not this is nicety. We're talking about bringing up a child here. Well, I was I was raised. By the way, I was raised in Edenmore, and it was a council estate. I'm not doing too bad, am I? Again, exception. Where oh, I'm the classmates? exception as well. Am I okay? All right. So actually, do me a favour, Peter and Sergio, stay there with me. Let me just go to John. He's waiting ages. John, hi. How are you? How you doing, man? How's things? So, John, you're from Finglas originally. Yeah, so I'm originally from Fingers. I lived there up until the age of 15. And actually, funny enough, I live in Donamede now, which is also council estate. So yeah. all council estates aren't the same. But unfortunately, a lot of the things that your caller said, whether we like to admit or not, they're true. Some of Sirius's points, as much as it pains me to say, are really true. You know, I was terrorised when I lived in Fingers because I was good in school. I did have opportunities to go well. In fact, I, we were treated so bad in Fingers, I think... Like, I remember even one of my youngest memories of things was there was a horse put in our front garden and we couldn't go to school as young kids. Um, I was nearly kicked to death when we lived in Finglas and then after my ma- we, we got moved out. Now, subsequently, my younger brother and sister, my brother went on to be an actuary, my sister went on to be a lecturer. It affected me going forward in, um, in school and college because you look out your window and want to be like everyone else. And that's the reality. People that live in Finglas won't look up to people like me that went back to college I'm working the tech industry and doing that well. They look up to the people in gangs and selling drugs. I think uh, Peter's a bit deluded thinking that, you know, that you know, that there's all good there. I think your caller in the email they said, you know, a lot of people go to Mount Joy, they will. Where are you going? Well, 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 it wouldn't be a lot of people go to my job, but a higher a higher percentage of people in working class areas will end up in criminality. That's there's no doubt. But the, the reason that happens is because they don't have the same opportunities. It's yeah, it's, it's intergenerational inequality. The one thing I would point out as well, then when you do go to college and get, you're still from them areas, so you do have people like Sergio then, that it does prevent you actually progressing better in life. So you're start for the point, even, even when you get your degree that you had to work harder for, when you go into employment, you then have to work twice as hard for everyone else to get the same rights. But you know what? That's what actually makes you better. And that's what we're taking away with the social welfare system. We look at like boxing and football. We had Roy Keane. That personality and work ethic is gone from working class because we're a social state now. And the, and the want to do well is gone. 
And Peter needs to accept that. And I'm telling him as someone from there, if you offered me a house tomorrow for free in Fingers, I would say no. I'd rather pay 70% of my wages to live somewhere else. And that's for the good of my kids and my future. Peter, Peter, you can respond to that. And, and he's kind of agreeing with Saoirse, but be nicer about it. He's kind of agreeing with Saoirse. <laughs> and and I, I do get the point that he's making. The opportunities aren't the same. You are starting, as Saoirse said, in fairness, she said you're starting off on the back foot. You are kind of starting off on the back foot. You know, because, and I remember even when I lived in Edenmore, I didn't hang around Edenmore. My mother kind of made sure I kind of hung around another estate nearby because there was a lot of people in Edenmore who were undesirable. At the time, I don't know what it's like now. I don't live there now. That was gone back 50 years, 40 years ago, 50 years ago. So they were undesirable. You know what I mean? And many of them did end up in Mountjoy. Yeah, well, I fully understand and appreciate the, the reasons behind it. Like, obviously, and every day I'm out there uh, meeting people, talking to people in working class areas, which I'm in myself as well, which I'm proud to grow up in as well. But the thing is, is that to tar them all, everybody with one brush, and, to, and instead of focusing on who's actually creating the policies that's dividing people. But what, yeah, but what's with them? But the responsible points. responsible for not getting into intergenerational issues such as drug abuse. Yeah, but, such but, as but John is uh, making the point. Yeah, but John is making the point, even if you got a house for free, you wouldn't move back there. That's more or less what this girl is saying in the email, and everyone's having a go at her. Now, she does, she obviously used different language, she said, I'd rather die than live there, right? But I mean, she just wants, I suppose maybe. Take away the bad stuff she said and look at what she's actually saying. She just wants the best for her children. Is there anything wrong well, with everybody, that? Well, no, no, listen, everybody wants the best. Everybody, everybody obviously... They, uh, well, according to her, Fingless is not the best. But that's that's but that this is blatant this is blatant classism. Like you, you look well, at areas, all the working class look at look at all the working class areas, just to finish the point actually briefly, the, the working class areas around Dublin, if you look at them all, all these states were built in the fifties. 50s, 40s, 50s around Dublin, like Crumlin, Cabra, uh, Finglas, Ballymun, many, many more working class areas and all. A lot of them have been gentrified now. And like a lot of people, because they sell off a council housing, and then you have, the, people can, the houses are up to the new 500,000 euro. But uh, a, yeah, yeah, but a lot, of the, a lot of the residents that have lived there all their lives and generations of people move back in again. So it's you know it's yeah. daughters of mothers and whatever, moving back in. Like, a lot of it is. Like, that's, is, that's why the prices are high. What happened? To, I'll give you one example. Charman Street, for instance, there was a, there was a thriving community down there, close to where uh, I grew up as well, which is a thriving uh, community for years and years. And there was lack of investment in that area, lack of facilities, lack of infrastructure, lack of uh, basic services in terms of community centres and things that young children need, part of clubs and all the rest of it. So deliberately ran down for years and years. Uh, a lot of places, the, the council weren't re, re, regenerating the property in terms of looking after the voids, leaving loads of places empty, uh, drawing in other issues, whatever, loads of antisocial, other issues happened from that. Uh, you know, drug drug addiction and horrific issues happened in a lot of working class estates mm. because of all this stuff as well. And that's done deliberately. And now that, that land now has been sold off and all of our public land down there has been sold off. There's about 70 uh, council flats to the left in one block, compartmentalised, segregated. But, yeah, but, yeah, while you're, but yeah, while you're doing, Peter, you're blaming the government for everything in some sense, right? I walked down Pear Street recently. I had to go to a meeting in one of the radio stations, which wasn't far away. And I had walked down Pear Street. And I've got to be honest with you, I wouldn't like to live there. Now, that's not the government's fault. That's the people's fault. People have a responsibility to their own area. There was gangs of young fellas, 14 or 15 years of age, and you wouldn't look sideways at them. Well, Pete, yeah, well, well, people do have a responsibility. I'm not advocating people's responsibility, but the, the, the bigger thing is, unless people deal with the underlying issues, we're going to be going around in circles for years to come. Unless you're dealing with the issues of uh, inequality and poverty. And the problem is, is, is with, with the private market and the private education system and stuff, like Saoirse might send her kids to private education schools, but who pays for the teacher's salaries? It's out of our money, out of our taxes. 
So they get the biggest leg up everywhere. Yeah, sorry, well, 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 hang on. Let her, let her respond to that. Sorry, sir. She goes. I'll, I'll, I'll say one last thing before I go. When people are speaking, we need to know what their motivation is. And with all respect, Peter, you are rewarded, okay, socially or perhaps in your employment by saying positive things about these areas and by directing the blame to the government. And that's, that's not my nice. employment. That's not my employment. I get paid for that. Okay. Well, I, okay, I don't know. <laughs> I'm a volunteer. I do a voluntary. You, okay. So you are rewarded socially by, by having this kind of... How am I rewarded socially? I'm rewarded because I care about Ireland. I care about people. Okay, I care about what country we live in. I care. I care about. But, but I care about. I care about decent societies living. Well, how's that being? Okay, that, that's, 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 that's the basic is, premise of all of us. Your, my point is, your identity is tied up with being a philanthropist in this area, and that's great. And you are. You are rewarded by people admiring you for that. That's great. It's not, it's not okay, okay. Let, well, let her get to the point. Just let her get to the point. She's driving me mad. Go ahead. Sorry, sir. But you have to. You have to balance what you would like to change with how it is now. And we are not talking with the other caller. We are not talking about hiring someone from Finglas. We're talking about bringing up a child in an area that is going to be a disadvantage to them. Whether or not they come through it or not is another thing. So my point is, Peter, you're being disingenuous about the current reality. And I am here (laughs) from an upper class from an upper class to tell you what the rest of us are thinking and what everybody sees. And I there you go. You the rest, the rest of us. The rest of us. You won't, yeah. you won't, hang on a second. You won't preach uh, to me like you try and preach to anybody else and talk over other people. The reality is uh, 14,000 people in emergency accommodation. The reality is nearly a million people on hospital waiting lists. Uh, the other night I was in, I was in a hospital in Dublin City. My, my elderly my, my, my elderly mother, hang on a second. My elderly mother was in, uh, had to bring her to the hospital and it was four and a half hours waiting for a ho- an ambulance, right? First instance, and then nearly 24 hours in a trolley. Do you think that's dignified for somebody who's elderly who helped build this country? Do you think it's a dignified using, existence? Why, why oh, this is reality. This is reality. What? This is reality. Yes, this is reality and it is unfair. And you are using these emotional examples. It's not emotion, it's fact. It's I, reality. You are using this, right? You are using this to somehow paint me, right, as the bad guy when we all know that the inequality is not caused by me or one person, but it is there. And you need but to But you be benefit honest. from the inequality. You benefit from the inequality. Already, I've already said that. But, but nobody benefits by me gaslighting people. I'm well, maybe. No, well, you, well, <laughs> take that back. You, well, maybe you, be altruistic. Maybe, 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 yeah. maybe, maybe. Do you know what you should do? Maybe instead of trying to pontificate and preach to people, maybe you should actually do something about it. Maybe you should okay. uh, look at political so, choices. What, what? Make political choices that are actually fairer instead of reinforcing I, your, own, your own class privilege. I won't sacrifice a child. Okay, and their future to make a point. But my contribution okay, is coming the on this show. Do the landlords care? Do the landlords care about victim? Hang on. Do the landlords care about evicting people into homelessness? Do landlords care about putting children Peter, into emergency accommodation? Peter, do do landlords care? Do landlords care? Tell me the truth. Do, la- do landlords care about putting people on the streets? Tell me the truth. Can I ask, Do the care. Okay, well, to both of you, I have a lot of people to get to, and, and I can go around in circles on that particular point for ages, Sir, I know you have to go. Uh, let me go to Sean. Sean, hi, how are you? Oh, that's sorry. Oh, yeah, one Sarah needs to give a head wobble in many years to tell yeah. you that. But, but when John, well, hang on, John is on the line. He's originally from Finglas, living in Zonamede, 
and he agrees with her. Now, obviously, they didn't use the same wording. Yeah, to as an her. extent. Yeah, but, like, but, all these areas aren't bad. Like, she's the definition that's given to South Side people. What's, wrong, what's wrong? Yeah, but what's wrong with the email and you were saying, I don't, want to, I don't want to raise my kids in Finglas? What's wrong with her saying everything that? Everything he has, everything. If he has family there and he knows people in that area, what's wrong with the area? John has just told you. John has just told you what's wrong. Yeah, but not yeah, all Finglas is bad. Yeah, sorry, John. What are you trying to say, Sean? Lo- like, there's loads wrong with it. Like, I mean, I mean, the reality is as well, like, my mum and dad are both working class. They gave us values growing up, and they helped me later in life to be a better person and become stronger through that area. Those values aren't there with a lot of people anymore. It's got worse. Like, I moved out there, you're talking 20 years ago, and I still have friends, and I don't want to run everyone down there. There's a lot of good people there, but unfortunately, there's a lot of bad, and the norm of selling drugs, attacking people, and robbed cars and all this as a part of normal day life isn't good for bringing kids. Yeah, I mean, Sean, I, I did see a video recently of, you know, two robbed cars milling around in a, a cul-de-sac in Finglas, right? Uh, or, so and, you know, I wouldn't like to raise my kids with that outside the, with the bedroom window. I'm originally from Valley Paramount. I've grown, I've grown up in Dalton's barn. I know what these areas are like. I've lived in them. You know what I mean? Yeah, but you like to raise Not a child there. My bad. I would, yeah, obviously, hundred percent. I have a lot of family that live in Dolphins Barn. I'd raise them, and I'd raise them there tomorrow. Well, I, I'm not very familiar with Dolphins Barn. I'm not very familiar with Dolphins Barn. Although yeah, my dad was originally from Rialto. Yeah. I know. I have a lot of family in Ballyferma as well. Like, I'd hundred percent go down there tomorrow and raise some kids there because I know the people in the area. I know what the community's like. Well, we've seen. You've you seen the video recently in Ballyferma, Cherry Orchard, I suppose, not really Ballyferma, Cherry Orchard of the guard, be, the guard car being rammed and all that kind of carry on. Imagine living there. I couldn't care less if it's one or two people, Sean. I wouldn't want my child looking out the bedroom window at a group of 100 youths on a green throwing stones at a guard car and ramming a guard car in a stolen car. I wouldn't want to live there. No, Sorry, I'm what just being what honest. What I'm missing here is that it happens in a lot of areas. It's just that these areas... It doesn't happen in a lot of areas. It, it does, doesn't. It does now you're living, now you're living in a fantasy. It does, because it happens in... Uh, no, when was the last time you seen a robbed car being attacked in Malahide Village? Or Kalini, or Port Marnock, or any of these other places that are not, you know, a working class area. It happens more in working class areas, John. Be realistic. Yeah, and anyways, for the, for the fact is, they wouldn't go posting it because this is a high society area. Ah, we'll them ways, no, no, say, no, it's not happening. Anymore. You don't see rob cars milling around, generally speaking, in Malahide. And if it is, they're robbing Mercedes. At least they look okay. <laughs> well, can we, go back to Pe- can we go back to Peter's point on the government? We seem to blame the government on everything. Where, you know... Yeah, personal responsibility, yeah. Yeah, if I took that approach, I could say, well, I'm from Finglas, people treat me bad here, so I can make that excuse to do what I want in life. That's not good enough. We have to honor our behaviour. We have to honor our opportunities. You're making a right point. Obviously, values are very important in in family and all the rest of the issues as well. Without a doubt, that goes without saying. Nobody condones uh, stuff that could carry on and all the other stuff that could carry on in certain areas or whatever. Nobody condones that. And there are issues without without. That's the reality of it. But the other side is is the is the political decisions behind it that underpin all this, that underlies all these 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 these, these inequalities as well. That's a bigger issue because it doesn't give people like you understand with people, even young lads, for instance, see the opportunity and see, well, God, I can get you know a better uh, you know a pair of runners, or I can get you know a car or whatever if I go down a different road. You know what I mean? And, and it, that actually is more socially destructive. Do you tell people... Yeah, but you were saying that yourself when you were from one of them areas. Okay, sorry, sorry, just just one at a time. Sorry, what, what are you saying, Sean? Sorry, go ahead. I'm sorry, like, he's from one of these areas. His values seem to be on point, but he's there and he can blatantly yeah. say this about other people. There's a lot of people from them areas that come up grand, and they are lovely people. You get a handful of people that absolutely, absolutely. wreck the place and it's giving them a bad name. 
Well, but that, but that's, that's not the point everybody's making. Sean, I completely agree with you. The vast majority of people in Finglas are good, decent people. The vast majority of people in Ballyfermot, Cherry Orchard, Donamade are decent people. But the problem is, it only takes a small amount of people to destroy an area and the reputation of an area and, you know, to have, the, and the optics to look bad. That's up to the people in the area to solve that exactly. problem then themselves. Exactly. You know no, I mean? no, and then no, that's also no. up to the councils for not kicking them out when they should be kicked well, out then, well, social behaviour. Well, they'll never, the councils generally don't kick them out because the problem when you kick them out is you have to put them somewhere else. You know what I mean? So they'll always end up somewhere. So generally, I mean, unless you're killing somebody, they're not going to put you out. No, everybody's talking about people going to prison and all the rest of it in certain areas and all this sort of stuff. And there is, that's, that's without a doubt. But that's, that's, a, that's a classist issue. Like last year in Ireland, one, one person was convicted for a white-collar criminal. You look at all you look at all the people around certain areas of uh, of of uh, Dublin, the wealthier sort of areas as well, and many of them are involved in criminal behaviour uh, in terms of their policies and the rest of the stuff that's going on. And the, you know, and it's always it's always it's always done as like you know, hush hush, show it's nothing to see here. We're okay. We're we're and I you know, and we're, I do understand, and I know it's a different type of crime, but I do understand white collar crime and I or, and I or blue collar crime, and I understand what what these people are doing and they are responsible for destroying people's lives with the fraud they commit. I understand all that, bankers or whatever it happens to be. Well, okay, ab- absolutely, do but... Do we, do we look on the other point and say how many people from Finglas go to third-level education and we look at the point, they probably have a better opportunity to just ex- access programs which they need less points from their people, they get grants so they don't have to pay for it. So you actually have a better opportunity to go to college. So we're just not promoting that in people. Now that comes from the family and the home and everywhere. I feel that, you know, even when we look at politicians, like we look at the Mary Lou McDonald, we never hear saying you should go to you should go to college. It's free. You have a great opportunity. In other countries, they don't have the opportunity. So when we blame the government on everything that's wrong with the country, we never actually talk about the opportunities that people have in Ireland that you don't have mm. in other countries. Well, well said, well, actually, well said, John. Because this comes back to Peter, what they call you know the this kind of equity we have in society or lack of equity. Everybody, and I believe everybody in this country, and 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 look, I'm the first one to give out of the, with the government. I have very little good to say about them. But I will say that we have a structure in this country which is better than most when it comes to opportunities for young people. And no matter what part of this country you're from, no matter how poor your parents happen to be, you have an opportunity to go to college, which you can't say for every country in the world. You go to the United Kingdom or go to many other countries in the world, and if you're poor, you're not going to college. That's the end of it. You go, Imagine living in America and you're poor. You're not going to go to college unless you get a scholarship. So John is right. You have an opportunity. You get a grant. If you come from a desk school, you don't need as many points to get into college. We, we make it really easy for people to have the same opportunities. But, but here's the thing, Peter. We can't guarantee the same outcomes because the outcome... No, exactly. No, we agree. Yeah. Because the outcome comes from your parents and the community, you know, pushing you forward to be successful. So we can't guarantee um, that. And, if the, and that's personal responsibility. That's the responsibility of the people, not the government. Yeah, but at the same time, a lot of people that did change those. Yeah. Sorry, Sean? A lot of people that did change those policies to put more things into the areas came from them bad areas, though. So you have to understand that a lot of good people came from them areas that fixed and helped them areas as well. I know, no, I'm, I'm, not, I'm not disagreeing with you. You're, you're absolutely right. A lot of politicians who came from bad areas put those policies in because they recognise the problems. But we have done that. You know, so I, I, this idea that they don't have the same opportunity, they do. Provided I those parents. Is, Niall, Niall, okay. Niall, I think it, I think it comes down to one or two points. Like, and I agree fundamentally. Like this family are vitally important and values you're putting up, brought up with as well. But when you see when you actually go out into the world and look for, for instance, an opportunity in terms of job, uh, jobs and uh, access to education as well, there's, there's a lot of other barriers that come into people's place, uh, play. For instance, that happen there as well. Uh, true address names and all this sort of stuff that happens. It still happens in, in Dublin. 
People no, 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 I, but I, it happened when I was a kid. When I was a kid and you went to a nightclub or went out to Mango and the, and the doorman said, where are you coming from? I'd never say Edenmore because I knew I wasn't going to get in. If I said Edenmore, I wasn't getting in the door no more. And I'm sure John wouldn't have said he was from Fingless. He wouldn't have got in the door. No, and you, you just don't but this comes back to the classism. There is a classism at play. Why would you need your, Peter, why would you need to put your address in your CV? Because the first thing, so I go, I, as a software developer in my company, I go back and talk in some of the desk skills and I go in. The first thing I say to people is don't put the address in the CV. See, I know you're sad and you're proud to come where you're from. And look, I'd love to put it on. I'm not ashamed of where I came from because I know I've done well to come from there. But I will say, in places like America where people have to borrow 100,000 to go to college, more people in disadvantaged areas go than Ireland that's actually free. So it's, it's, it's mind-blowing to think that that's what happens. Okay, well, hang on. Let me just go to Joe. Joe, hi, how are you? Yeah, okay, hang on, lads. Hang on, I have to finish up in a second. Joe, hi. Good afternoon, Niall. How are you? How are you doing? Nice to talk to you, Joe. What do you want to say? Okay, getting back to, you, back, back to the original email. Is she a snob for not wanting to raise her kids in Finglas? Well, I suppose, look, Niall, she probably is. Um, I don't I don't think it matters where you go nowadays. No, it's, look, I, I get the argument that there are places around the country which do have a bad name, and that's kind of obvious, but that's just down to bad behaviour. Bad breeding, bad. Yeah, but you're, but Joe, you're from Cork. What, what's the name of that place Roy Keane came from again? What's the name of the estate Roy Keane came from? May Mayfield. Uh, Mayfield. 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 No. Okay, Joe, would you like to raise no, children not, in Mayfield? No, no, I'm, I'm just saying. No, no, I'm, I'm not living in Mayfield. I'm living no, in No, I know uh, you're not. I'm just saying you're from Cork, so let's put it into perspective. Would you, would you, if somebody said, you've, you know, we'll offer, get you, you know, a cheaper house in Mayfield and you've got two young kids, would you, is she, would she be wrong to say, I don't want to live there? Well, I suppose um, it would depend on, on her view. Um, I wouldn't, like, look, there are places, are in, like, I, I will say there are parts of Mayfield and a lot of places which do have a lot of antisocial behaviour. But I think she's, um, I think she has a bit of an attitude as well. I think there's, and I think this is the problem in this country with a lot of people. They kind of look their nose down on the, um, on the, the kind of working class, the kind of poor areas. And that's where a lot of the problem lies. Now, I think she, the way it is, if there's a house offered to her, I think she'd be better off to just take it because you know and I know that we have a major problem in this country where it comes to vacant buildings, vacant houses and everything. And I think that she is being uh, a little bit over the top, yes. But she's buying, they're buying it. Well, they're buying it, yeah. But look, the way I look at it is, look, if you get a house, you take it because you know what it's like. If you refuse a house in this, in anywhere nowadays, you're going to be waiting quite a long time for uh, another opportunity, like, you know? Mm, okay, and so so, you, so you, you think she's been a bit of a snob? I would say so, yeah. I think uh. she's a little bit over the top. I think she's kind of thinking like that. Uh, she wants to live in an ivory tower or something. There's no such thing as living in ivory ah, towers. Because I know, I, I understand. I think she is a bit over the top, and I think Saoirse was a bit over the top. But there's no, I don't believe there's anything wrong with wanting the best for your children either. Oh, well, sure, of course, yeah, exactly. Everybody wants the best. But look, Niall, you have to, you have to pay, you have to take the rough for the smooth too, like you know. Absolutely. I've got to finish up in a second, but I have to go to Melissa quickly before I go. Melissa, hi, how are you? Hi, Niall. Thanks for letting me on. Good. There. You heard Johnny's yeah, something. Liz Peters from the Dublin Renters Union. They're, they're still there, but they're basically, you know, Peter saying this girl is judging people. She's a classist. She's a snob. Is she? I didn't call her a snob. Not, she's not particularly. <laughs> okay. The same thing, isn't it? For children, there's no doubt about that. And, you know, being put into certain areas, as I'm too well aware of, um, you know, yes, the housing shortage is there, but 
you have to remember if you're going to live there for the rest of your life and disadvantaged areas do not get the same protection. Um, they do not. Antisocial behaviour from the councils, from the Gardaí and DPP especially. I've just got noticed today that um, a threat to blow the back of your head off, murder your child and um, burn your house out is not a prosecuting offence. Yeah, that's what I was well, giving well, 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 as far as I would, they're, they're threats and any threat I believe you should be prosecuting offence. But the point is, you're saying they're not getting the same opportunities. Please. I would disagree, Melissa, and I would agree with what John said earlier on. The people from um, working class areas probably get more opportunities. I'm just talking about protection in areas of antisocial and how disadvantaged areas, um, through but, council and Gardaí are not given the same protection. Okay, but there, is there not a level of personal responsibility? When there's a lot of crime happening in an area, the guards can be overrun. They can be in a situation, for example, where the area becomes a no-go area. Well, I'm not speaking about the guard in, in question in this incident. No, I, I don't want to talk about a single incident, Melissa, because that doesn't make yeah, any no, sense. I'm, no, this is I'm talking about, in, I'm talking about let's you know, just talk about in general. In general, when you, when you live in a working class area or a council area, the rate of social or antisocial behaviour is higher. Yeah, the rate of the crime right is higher. It is higher because there's more um, unemployment. There's people hanging around more. Absolutely. Um, so, do. so, you know, it's disadvantaged areas is the name of them. We might as well use the right language. Um, but in those disadvantaged areas, um, antisocial behaviour is literally brushed under a carpet. And this is what I'm trying to but say. Who's, but, who's, but whose fault is that? Is that the government's fault? We can't, like, don't get me wrong, I'm the first one to blame the government on everything, but you can't blame the government on that. I'm bringing this back to the DPP, and they're not prosecuting, and councils are not evicting for this, uh, there's a contract when you sign, of, you and, know, and no I, growth, I get that. no antisocial, yeah. but the councils... Are not evicting people. So but it's okay, but it here's the problem, me, and I had this... Finish now. The councils, it costs them 120000 to bring someone to court to evict them. So all the other neighbourhoods have to put up with that antisocial behaviour, maybe just from one mm. area, can cause chaos, bullying, bully other decent people, their council homes, and they end up homeless. There's an awful lot of, you know, other issues that is a domino effect here. The councils have, they need to put down their antisocial stuff more. And here's my plan, okay? There's, in every area, in every council area, there's probably one or two families, generally speaking. I remember doing this on the air one night and people start sending in the names of families in their areas, which I obviously couldn't read out in the air, who are they, uh, the ones that cause most of the antisocial behaviour. And you're right, the councils tend not to move them on. It costs a lot of money to bring them to court. And apart from anything else, the biggest problem for the council, Melissa, is where do you put them? Into another area where they do exactly the same thing and cause another area to be a problem. So my, my theory is on it is, we build a town, I don't know, just outside, past, out past Leitrim or somewhere, and we put a wall around it with like 900 houses in it, and we just put them all in there together, and they can, you know, it'd be like the Hunger Games. <laughs> and and then that, then they leave everybody alone, because, because the problem is you can't, it's like nimbyism. You have to put them somewhere. You know what I mean? Oh, and it's, like, it's, it's not just ghettoizing, is it? Is that, is no, that well, in that case, it would be ghettoizing, but I wouldn't care, Peter, because because Melissa is right that it is usually two or three families in an area that destroy it. Yeah. I know, I, I understand, and I know I'm fully familiar with all the, the uh, a lot of a lot of 
those issues happening and they're disgraceful but there should be, should be obviously sanctions again for people There is who, no uh, sanctions Melissa's right well. again the, well, the well, council won't even bring them to court so the council don't bring people to court but they don't pay the rent for years the council will not bring people to court they won't move people out unless unless they're burning the place down they won't bring, they won't move them out The underlying issues right you look at the policing service as well you look at proper community policing where it's police by consent where's that? that's going out the window you know you need to have police in various areas. You look at North inner, inner City Dublin as being destroyed. It's got like, you know, highest levels of, uh, you know, uh, poverty, highest levels of, of kids dropping out of school. And then you have all the other issues on top of it, all the migration hostels in there. You have all the emergency accommodation as well. And then you have the guards coming in with it, with the uh, the hammer approach, like, and just, yeah, yeah, we should mm. just hit them, hit them with a few, uh, hit them with a few truncheons. This stuff has to go out the window. You need proper community policing by consent where people know uh, and they understand and they trust people in the local area. They trust the, they trust the police service. They trust uh, the community. That actually, the, their their area is being looked after and being looked after properly. And you need proper community groups in those areas as well. Like we always had them in in, in Dublin uh, throughout the the epidemic with heroin and stuff in the eighties and all that sort of stuff. Where communities came together against all what was going on. You know, we need to get communities coming out together and having proper you know community sovereignty where people have decisions. To what impacts their daily lives in their local well, the, problem, the problem is, I, I understand the point you're making, and you are right in some sense, but the problem is we now live in areas where people don't even know their neighbour's name. Uh, Peter, listen, thank you very much indeed, and I appreciate you coming on the air. John, Melissa, everybody, sorry I had to cut you all short there. Uh, anyway, loads of people, by the way, texting in. Somebody says, people like Sarah should boil my blood, says Jessica. Talk about looking down your nose at someone. She has a stereotype of people who live in Fingless being thugs and criminals, and for the most part, that's not even true. Every single town, village and city will have criminals. That's the sad reality. But how you raise your kids affects that. Just living in Fingless doesn't make your future, uh, make a future resident uh, of Mountjoy Prison. I grew up in the roughest part of Fingless and ended up in the nicest part. And I never, ever got uh, a look from the guards. At the end of the day, having a roof over your family's head is paramount. Uh, the paramount point location doesn't matter. It's how you live your life. Um, Jared says, friend of mine has been left blind in one eye by a scumbag from Mount Merion, letting passengers passengers out of the taxi. Very nice people. Uh, scumbags there too. Look, you are right. There are scumbags in Mount Merion and Docky and Malahide and all those kind of places as well. But there's less of them. Isn't that the point? And if you're, if you're arguing with that point, you're living, as Saoirse said, in a fairy tale. You are. Because when you go to a working class, I'm not having a go at people in working class areas. I'm certainly not, because Melissa's right. It's usually one or two people that will destroy the whole area, one or two families. But when you live in a working class area, statistically, there's more crime. Statistically, there's more antisocial behaviour. So statistically, there's more chance of your children getting involved in that as they grow. That was the kind of point Saoirse was trying to make, but doing it very badly and looking down her nose at everybody. Eddie Powell says... Hand her the divorce papers and see how fast she gets then gets a landing then. A lot of people say she's been a snob because she doesn't want to live how her kids live in Finglas. You know, I'm not having a go with the people of Finglas. I know some lovely people from Finglas. But if the woman doesn't want to raise her kids in Finglas, she doesn't want to raise her kids in Finglas. Because she thinks she can do better. And fair play to her. That's a parent's job, isn't it? To do what they believe is the best for their child. Somebody says, Niall, you're lying. There isn't the same opportunities in Finglas as there is in Docky. I'm not lying to you. There is the same opportunities. The person in Dalkey, if they want to send their college, their kid to Trinity, for example, have to pay for it. The people from Finglas, if they have a low income, and I'm assuming that's the comparison you're making, don't have to pay for it. They'll get a grant. If they come from a Desh school, for example, they they, they lead, I think it's a lower points. They get lower po points to get in. They have better opportunities to get the courses. 
So everywhere has its advantages and disadvantages. And I personally believe the same opportunities are available. The one thing I won't blame the government on when it comes to education is they've set up a system in this country whereby everybody has that same opportunity. What you make of that opportunity is your business. How your parents guide you through that opportunity is your business. The government can't be responsible for parents and bad parenting and people in the area not pushing people to be successful. The government can't be blamed for that. It's the one thing I don't blame the government for. Yes, we can make it better. We can always make it better. For example, I believe school books should be free. Certain things, uniforms should be free. But it would be difficult with a small economy. But don't say you don't have the same opportunities. When you look at areas that are disadvantaged, there's more youth clubs, boxing clubs, all those sort of different places where young people go purposely to give young people something to do so that they don't get involved in antisocial behaviour. You go to an upper class area, like Dalky or whatever it is, you're not going to see as many clubs for kids because the parents bring them out more. So it's different. You get the same opportunities and we have set up a system to try and balance that inequality out. But what you do with that inequality is your responsibility as a parent and as a citizen. So let's all take some responsibility for that. When I see 100 kids on a green stoning a Garda car and ramming them in stolen cars, I can't blame the government for that. The only people I can blame for that are the individuals responsible and their parents for allowing them doing it. A nine-year-old standing on the side of the green watching stolen cars going up and down. Whose fault is that? That's not Leo Varadkar's fault. That's a parent's fault. Parents are clearly scumbags as well. Because any parent who allows a nine-year-old to stand on the green roaring at the guards while stolen cars are going up and down is a scumbag. And your kid will turn out a scumbag just like you. You'd be so proud. Anyway, <laughs> there's my little rant for today. Don't forget, by the way, if you want to subscribe to the show, we let you on the air every day to give your uncensored opinions. You won't get that anywhere else. It's live. It's fully interactive. We have Zoom callers, WhatsApp, phone calls. It's the only live, fully interactive podcast every single day. The only one. And very soon, you're going to get double the fun. I'll tell you all about that before the end of the week. But it's going to be very exciting. We're going to make it bigger. We're going to make it better. And we're going to move it into everyone's home even sooner than you think. To do that, we need your support. Please support me, my two colleagues, who put this together every single day. Remember, it's not just the show you see streaming live now on Twitter and Facebook, the one you're listening to live on the website. It's not that, just that show. We do a lot of interviews. We have another one again today. And they will be on the website. If you subscribe to the website, you can watch them or you can listen to them on the website, Spotify and all the usual places. So please go to the website, nileboylan.com. There are now hundreds of episodes there. And there'll be hundreds more. And as I said, within the next week or so, we'll have double the fun. Within the next month or so, we're doing something very exciting. I can't tell you about it, but to do that and to bring you those news stories and social issues that we bring you on a regular basis, we try to balance it out that we have a social issue, a news story, a social issue, a news story. We try to balance it out. Because otherwise, we're doing the news every day, it would just get depressing, wouldn't it? So, we'll be talking about hate speech laws next week. We take the government to task. We talk about the government. We say things about the government that nobody else will say on the radio. We do all of those things. We say we, we like to present the shows that appeal to you. 
and reflect your views. And we want to do more of that. But that costs money. And to put that into every home is going to cost money. So we need your support. We don't, we don't, like, we, we, three, we work full-time ourselves. So we do this voluntarily, essentially, at the moment. The money we get from the subscriptions and the donations, it's not huge, but it pays the bills, just about. Because the podcast is expensive to run, this type of podcast. As you can see, thankfully, it's professional, I would like to say. Unlike some other ones I've seen more recently which look like they pretend they're in a kind of Sky News studio somewhere with these massive big rooms behind them and loads of people working and you just know that's not true. Anyway, this equipment costs money. Everything costs money. Um, we've paid for it all up to now, but we'd like it to help us. So please support the show by going to the website, nileboylan.com. www.nileboylan.com. There it is on the screen. Oh, over there. On the screen. And you'll be supporting me and the Trumpinator. And by the way, everybody... And by the way, everybody who supports us goes into a draw every single day. We give away one of our mugs, our smug mugs. And there they are, there. Yeah. And as you can see on the back of the mug, it says, Woman, adult, human, female. As I said, we will be doing an interview a little bit later on. It'll be available on the website later on. We'll be talking to the producer of a documentary called The Fall of Minneapolis which talks about the death of George Floyd and how it was politicised. And we will be doing that later on in about an hour's time. Now, it won't be streaming live. If you want to see it, you can go to the website later on this evening and it'll be there. So please subscribe to the website and you can see all of those. There's a great interview I did yesterday with Raymond Lewis Taylor, or Lewis Raymond Taylor, who is a man who came from being in prison three times, been a complete scumbag all his life, turned his life around. He's now worth 25 million and is one of the biggest companies in the UK. They're great interviews. We interviewed Jackie Fox on Monday, whose daughter, sadly, Nicole, took her life, or sadly, her, do her daughter took her life uh, at 21 years of age because she was bullied. That's a harrowing interview, the saddest interview I've ever done, actually. And you can watch that. You can watch all of those interviews. We have them all on Zoom. And you can watch them on the website, nileboyland.com. Thank you very much indeed for joining us today. I'll talk to you again tomorrow. Until then, have a great day. The multi-award-winning Niall Boylan Podcast. Listen live on Facebook, YouTube, and all the usual live stream services. To get in touch, just WhatsApp or text 085-100-2255. The Niall Boylan Podcast. They told me to shut up. Available for download from all your usual platforms. <laughs>